everyone. Welcome to my podcast, Out to Brunch. I'm so excited to be doing this. It's something I've wanted to do for a really long time, and so I finally decided to do it. Um, I'm going to do a little background on myself first. So my name is Ruthie McBride. I am 20 years old, and I live part-time in Tacoma, Washington, and part-time in Los Angeles, California. I go to school in Washington, but I'm from Los Angeles. So right now I'm in LA because of the whole coronavirus. So I have been here for like three months now, basically since mid-March. And then I will be here until August. Um, I... I'm a student. I really like studying in academia. I plan on pursuing that later. But what my podcast will be about is sustainability and lifestyle and basically like overall wellness and just me talking about like how I pursue that as a 20-year-old college student who is working and has a lot of responsibilities. Um So I definitely wanted it to revolve around that because I feel like there's not a ton of that out right now. Um, Basically, we hear from influencers who this is kind of their whole life and their podcast is just another aspect of that. But I thought it would be interesting to just have like another point of view out there about someone who is in college and doing all of these things, but also wanting to take care of themselves. Um... So yeah, that's why I started this. Um, If you're wondering what I study, I am an American politics and government major, and then I am minoring in African American studies, and I'm also minoring in economics. So I'm kind of very humanities-based, as you can tell. Um, I love reading. I love writing. I love politics. I, that's, that's my life. That's what I plan to do. Um... So yeah, I'm so excited that you guys are listening in. I am currently sitting in my room with my shot of espresso and a little cream and my glass of ice water because I am one of those people who I need ice water at all times. I don't understand how people drink like room temperature water. I'm sorry if you do that. Like that's honestly so hurtful to yourself, I feel like. Um, (laughs) I'm kidding, but ice water and espresso are essentials in my life. Um, but yeah, I wanted to address before we really get into this episode of all of the racial injustices going on right now in the U.S. and also I'm sure worldwide, but like especially in the U.S. right now with police brutality and the unjust and unright killing of Black people in America. Um, I felt like if I didn't address that in this podcast, it would just be, like, incorrect and very insensitive to me, um, especially because this is, you know, an area of what I study. Uh, It's something I'm very interested in is the intersection of race and politics, Um, and I really don't think you can separate the two. So I really, I, my heart is with black communities in the United States right now and just fighting for justice and abolishing policing and also beyond that abolishing um, prison and the prison industrial complex 
and how detrimental that is to American society, but also just being very anti-racist in how I talk and my actions uh, by donating and signing petitions and doing what I can to support Black and African American communities in this country. So yeah, I just wanted to say that like up front, like I am here with y'all, I am fighting with y'all, and I am here to support y'all um, in whatever ways I possibly can, um, whether this is it's teaching others um, or listening and supporting and just helping in whatever ways I can. Um, something I have started in response to this, I'm a very avid reader, um, which we will get into. I want to share my like June TBR, which is to be read and also just what I have read in June. But I started a book club focused on anti-racist learning and dismantling white supremacy. And this month we are reading The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. She is an amazing author. I went through the book in literally like three days. Um, I would have gone through it in one day, but you know, you have to sleep and like do the other things in your life as well. But she's amazing. If you have not picked it up yet, it came out this month. I totally recommend it. It has themes of, you know, the color line, race, white supremacy, and how that affects families and also anti-blackness and colorism within the black community, which I found very interesting. And also, um, there are queer and LGBTQ plus tropes in this book. There, um, one of the main characters is transgender and I really also appreciated that because I really love how Bennett doesn't stick to one theme. Like she definitely does, but she also like picks up from different areas, which I find super interesting and amazing. And I definitely recommend reading this book. Um, at the end of June, beginning of July, I will be hosting a Zoom call um, where we're just going to talk about this book and think about, you know, how do we see this book in real life, in our lives, or in other parts of media, or what, like, it's very much the other story that's not told as often, which I really appreciate. So her writing is beautiful, and I definitely recommend reading it. Um, but yeah, so that is one of the books I've read in June. This month, I also read Rest and Relaxation, which was one of the strangest books I've ever read. I'm just going to be honest. It made very little sense as to me, like what the point of the book was. It's basically the story you don't learn the narrator's name the entire time she's nameless, which goes partly because she is someone who wants to disappear. And so she doesn't have a name. So it's fitting. But it was really um, intense. It definitely has some, you know, trauma, some discussion of rape, some discussion of abusive medications, actually a lot of discussion of abusive medications. So like, be careful if you're thinking about reading it. Um, 
it was really good. It was eye-opening, um, but also just very confusing. I was a little confused about what I was supposed to get out of the book. You hate the main character. You hate a bunch of other characters in the book. I found that there's like no one likable character. I would say the most likable character is one that doesn't even have any direct lines, which is the people at the bodega she goes to in the morning to get coffee, who she pays and stuff. So like that's the most likable character in the book. You like you don't even hear from. So it's very interesting and I recommend it if you're looking for like a strange little read um the cover of the book is really cute and like not gonna lie that's definitely like half of the reason I decided to read it in the first place because I was like this book is cute as hell but basically the premise is this woman wants to sleep for an entire year and goes on her journey about that and it's a very strange story of how past trauma affects us now and how avoiding your problems isn't necessarily the way to go about it. Um, at least that's what I took from it. So that was quite a quite an interesting read, if I must say so. Another book I read this month was Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. I loved it. I thought it was very like timely but also just like a cute story that was fun for me to read basically the premise is a white family hires a black babysitter and the black babysitter takes the child to the grocery store one night and the security assumes she like stole the child so it does have a lot of like race elements to it and like racial biases and microaggressions that white people that we hold and so it was a very interesting storyline um but also about like the babysitter who's the main character just like growing throughout the book and I really appreciated that because it also talks mainly about this plot line where she is just confused and doesn't really know what to do with her life and I really appreciated that because I feel like a lot of us feel the same way in one aspect of our lives to another. Like for me, I'm, I am a rising junior, um, in university, but I'm starting to think of what I want to do after I graduate. Like, do I want a master's? Do I want a PhD? Like, what do I, what do I want to do? <laughs> do I want to take a gap year? And I just felt very like seen and heard by her being like, I'm 26 and I have no idea what I'm doing either after college. So yeah, I really appreciated that book. I gave it a four out of five. I gave Rest and Relaxation a three out of five. Um, I gave The Vanishing Half a five out of five. Um, and then the last book I've read in June so far, we're about like halfway through June, by the way, was Jennifer Weiner's Big Summer. I've never read Jennifer Weiner before, but I've heard really good things about her. I really liked Big Summer. It's basically, it's like a fun little summer read. Well, it's actually not that little. It's like pretty bulky, <laughs> but it's about this bigger, I hate the word plus size, so I try to avoid that, but she's described as being like this bigger, like not normally considered conventionally, like pretty woman 
and how she is like become an influencer and has kind of taken like a new way like it very much is like I love myself now and I used to hate how I look and I love myself now but like I also do have hard times when I struggle with what I look like and how that can be really hard for her. So I really appreciated that because I feel like a lot of young women go through that. I've gone through it. You know, at some point you just have to come to a point where you like accept yourself and love yourself. And obviously some days you just have like that bad day where like you don't work out or something or you're just feeling shitty and you're on your period and you're like why do I look this way? But then, you know, it's a new day and then you feel fantastic. And I think that's amazing. And that book really touches on that. Um, so I'm, I recommend that book. I gave it, I think a four and a half out of five. There's also like a murder mystery wedding and some like sexy scenes too. So I thought it was fun read. I recommend it. It was fantastic. Okay, I'm going to take a sip of my espresso and water because my throat is getting, like, a little dry. There's honestly nothing better than, like, a fresh cup of espresso. It just, like, makes my heart so full. I don't know if anyone else feels the same way, but I'm, like, so here for it. I fucking love espresso. <laughs> yeah, other than my little spiel on espresso. Um... What else is on my TBR for this month is Writers and Lovers by Lily King, I think. My books are like in the corner, so every time I say the name and who they're by, I'm like looking in this corner, so bear with me. The names of the authors may be incorrect, but I've heard really good things about that, so I'm very excited to read that. I also ordered the new Jim Crow. Um, I've done a lot of like learning on basically how we've established like new forms of slavery and of segregation like the i think it's like de facto segregation i'm gonna make sure that i said that right i think it's de facto i always get de facto and de jure mixed up like did i have to study this at one point in my life Yes. Okay. Yeah, it is de facto. De jure is by law. De facto is just like how it is. So I'm excited to read the new Jim Crow. I don't have it yet. I ordered it like a week ago. Still waiting for it. It's somewhere in the USPS universe. And then I'm also reading, I think it's Girl, Woman, Other, which is the story of three different black women in the UK. I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. It's supposed to be really good on Goodreads. The reviews are like fabulous. So I was like, gotta pick this up. So I did that and I'm so excited for it to come. But yeah, I'll probably add a few more books to my June TBR. I've been reading like a book every three days. So by that rate, I'll probably need another book. Um, I really want to read Giovanni's Room. I think that's how it's pronounced by James Baldwin. That looks fantastic. So I need to get my hands on a copy of that. Okay, so that was like the first part of my podcast of this episode. I just wanted to address some things, talk about books I'm loving because I love reading right now. I'm so into reading. I don't think I can say enough how much I've been loving reading. It's just so nice to like escape into a little other world. 
But yeah, now to get into like the main meat of today's episode, I wanted to talk about sustainability um, and like things that I've done to be sustainable, which is my low buy of 2020. I feel like sustainability and just like being, making your practices as ethical as possible is something like we all need to do. Something that a lot of us haven't done because consumer culture is so like, so, so rampant in our society. It's always like, what is new? What can I buy next? Like, what is the most expensive brand thing I can get? Um, Being from LA, I found that very true to my experience. It was always like, who has the most expensive shoes? Or like, who has the Gucci belt? And like, that's kind of what make, like made you like validated, which is so fucking stupid. Um, and I do not agree with that at all because like, I really do like, I don't care if you have a Gucci belt. Like I care if you're like a nice person who like cares about the environment and how you treat others and et cetera like that. So didn't love that growing up. And it was also really hard for me because I never was able to like afford that kind of stuff. So I always felt a little like less than my peers who had that stuff. Um, obviously like I came still from a very like privileged background of like having what I needed, but like, you know, a Gucci belt and whatever else falls under that was like never in the cards for me, which I'm fine with because it's honestly like a very dumb, like, I don't need like a ward of capitalism. I don't even know, man. Like, I'm just saying I do not like it. I don't. I don't like it one bit. But yeah, so anyways, back to my low buy. So I'm going to explain what a low buy is. Basically, it's different for every person, but you buy a lot less than you normally would is kind of the gist. So basically why I decided to do a low buy was because basically like August through November, I was having just like a really hard time, Um, went through a couple things that were not the easiest. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do to distract myself and not address any of my problems? I'm just going to shop literally until I drop, literally until I spend so much money on clothing that I look at myself at one point and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? So that's what I did. And then I watched a video on YouTube like in late December because I didn't even know what a low buy or a no buy was before that. And basically this girl was like, I'm going to do a low buy in 2020. This is what it is. Explained it. And I was like, bitch, that's what I've been needing this whole goddamn time. So um, I was excited when I found out about that. It was really something I needed to do for myself. It's definitely more about like, you know, sustainability and not spending as much money and being better to the earth, but also about like learning how to control your own impulses and how like we can't use things like excessive shopping, excessive drinking, excessive eating to like avoid our problems. We need to like address our problems and grow and heal from them and then we'll be able to live a much more like manageable, financially stable lifestyle. So that's pretty much why I decided to do it. I just wanted to feel a sense of control over myself but also lower my impact on this earth, which is definitely something I've really taken to heart this year. 
and has become a pillar in my lifestyle and just who I am as a person now. But yeah, so for me, my low buy, I decided I could get two new things per month and then those things I bought were not necessarily like new. They could be new to me. So like, for example, buying something on Depop or from a thrift store or something, or if I wanted to buy something new, I had to get it from somewhere that was like a sustainable and ethical brand, preferably from women in like non-binary people of color, women of color, etc. Just trying to be very intentional about like who I'm giving my money to and the impacts that your money has on society is like super important and I don't think we pay enough attention to it. But I would rather support a small women-owned business than Urban Outfitters, you know? So I don't buy from fast fashion really at all anymore unless there's like the one thing I'll go to fast fashion for is denim because I have such a hard time with jeans because I have a really wonky shaped body. So my my legs are very short for my height. I am a short person, but my legs are like not anywhere in proportion to what they should be. So with denim, I'm like in jeans, I'm a little more loose. I'm like, okay, if I can only find it at like a fast fashion brand, then I'll just do it. But like, that's the only thing I can get from it. Everything else I don't buy from fast fashion anymore. So I think that's really important. And then I decided if I wanted more than two things a month, I would have to donate the rest. So if I wanted three things that month, that meant at least one thing in my closet had to go. Um, which I really liked because then you're also not like hoarding clothing because like no one needs an absurd amount of clothing. And I think we all own too much clothing. So, or we own clothing that we don't like and that doesn't fit anymore. And at some point you gotta be like, girl, just let go of it. Like it doesn't fit. You don't like it. It's not worth holding on to and someone else might enjoy that. Actually, when I went to school two, three weeks ago to move out of my room, I donated an entire three by three box of clothing and that felt so good. I've never donated that much clothing and I just felt really good about myself and I let like some of my friends pick through it who were around at the time, but I just needed to get rid of that and I felt like I literally lost a hundred pounds because I feel like I actually did by getting rid of that much stuff. So that felt amazing. If you ever want to feel amazing about yourself, just like do a gigantic closet clean out. Honestly, the best like therapy ever. I'm just kidding. Actual therapy is very good. I definitely recommend it. Um, if you're not in therapy, why not? Just like do it. But yeah, that was a little, a little side rant. But yeah, so that's what a low buy was. And now I'm going to talk about like how it went for me. In January, I bought absolutely nothing. So that was like a baller move. My birthday was in January, so I got like a few things, but I'm pretty sure all of the things I got were like sustainable or they were like from Depop or something, which was like gifts from my friends and whatnot. So not a whole bunch happened in January. February, I got, I think, a pair of pants that were sustainable, and then I donated, like, a shit ton of clothing also in February, which was amazing. And then the pandemic hit. And I'm sure as a lot of us college students, when it first started, 
It was the same week as my spring break, so I went home thinking I was only going home for a week, which turned into three months. So I came home and I like didn't have everything I needed. So I definitely ordered stuff. Um, I was really low on underwear. So I ended up ordering some Jonesy underwear and some parade underwear, which I love both of those are both sustainable. Um, definitely recommend Jonesy. I know is more of a smaller business, um, than parade, but like both are sustainable. Parade is definitely more affordable. I think I got like some bike shorts and a pair of jeans just because like LA weather is very different than Washington weather and I have no shorts. So I bought a few pairs of biker shorts from Girlfriend Collective, which I love Girlfriend. They're sustainable, woman of color owned, best brand in the world. I fucking love them. They're so like, I, Jesus, I love them. I love them. Yeah. Okay. So that happened. I'm pretty much just like getting back on it. Like in May, I was very much like, okay, like I have what I need now. I don't need things anymore. So I'm very much back to like, you know, one or two fun purchases a month. I got a sustainable purse this month from Visk. Havisk. I don't know how exactly to pronounce it. It's a sustainable vegan leather, like, purse accessory brand from Denmark. I'm going to Denmark for my study abroad next year. So, you know, that's a little, a little exciting, but I'm so, I love this purse. It's like a pink purplish vegan crocodile. It's like vegan leather. Yeah. All the certifications for, sustain for sustainability and for vegan leather and such. So it's amazing. I love it. Very happy with that purchase, but I will not be buying anything else this month. I have a little, a little note on my mirror that says no more fun purchases in July or in June. It is not July. It is June. I'm losing track of time. I don't know if anyone else is, but I like don't know what day it is or month it is half the time. Just putting that out there. If anyone, you know, can relate. But I wanted to also talk about just like what I've learned from my low buy. And so I think like I have about like three really important things. So I definitely learned self-control and like when I found self-control in my shopping habits, I also found self-control in a lot of other areas of my life and just like learning what excess is and like taking care of myself and knowing that like I am more important than what I own. Um, which I think a lot of us don't recognize all the time, but I think is really important. Like how you treat other people and like the way that you live, if that makes sense, is like so much more important than like what you consume while you live. So it, it really like helped me hone in my values and just take care of myself better. It also helped me like definitely find my style and make my clothing style like very more like unique into myself and like also just being more appreciative of the clothes I own and being more you know out there with my choices I wear a lot a lot of color now um if you see me like wearing all gray or black that's definitely an off day for me I wear a lot of color I mix and match a lot of colors that probably should not go together but you know I make it work it's kind of like that ugly cute style I guess is what I'm going for.
but I wouldn't call it ugly. It's just cute, but kind of sporadic, but I love it. Um, I've just learned how to like mix and match and wear my clothes differently and like transition them. So instead of having like pieces for each season, I really have like yearly pieces except for like turtlenecks. I'm not going to wear that in an LA summer. It's just not, I would die. I honestly think I would pass out and die if I did that. But you know, just like I can wear a t-shirt with a turtleneck under it in the winter and then just wear the t-shirt in the fall or I can wear a dress with boots in the winter and wear it with sandals in the summer. You know, like we switch it up. We reuse, restyle our clothing for all the seasons so we can get the most use out of them. And it's beautiful. Another thing I learned was just like also without being more resourceful, like pulling from different areas of my closet that I wouldn't normally. Seeing things I thought I wouldn't like and then making them really my style is also super cool. And also just going back to like donating most of my clothing and like giving back to my communities in any way I can, especially through donation. So that's awesome. But yeah, obviously something else I wanted to like hit on is that Sustainability obviously is a privilege to be able to be sustainable in what you buy. Like, obviously we can all do little things by like not supporting Amazon. But like, I also know that, you know, Amazon and Walmart are sometimes the only affordable things for people. And like, that's okay if that's the only thing you can afford, obviously. But like, you can also not shop to excess. And that would probably also just help financially. But like, Shopping from sustainable brand, whoa, shopping from sustainable brands is a privilege because they tend to be more expensive because of the like clothing um, and like textiles they use, but also that they're made more ethically um, and don't like abuse the people that work for them. So the labor is definitely like makes the cost of the clothing a lot more expensive. So I definitely just want to like recognize that it's not accessible for everyone but we can all make like little changes like instead of shopping at urban outfitters or forever 21 we can go to our local like thrift store and which not salvation army we do not we do not speak of salvation army in this home but you know other ones um there's one in la i think called like saint vincent's which works with the community and provides and they provide by like selling clothing and housing items really cheaply but also using that money to give back to the community in LA and I think there's one in like Long Beach as well um but yeah just like thinking more intentionally about when and who like you're shopping basically is like what I'm getting to you know buying a pair of pants from Everlane might not be accessible for everyone but like going to a thrift store before buying from fast fashion, I think is like more realistic and something that we can all do. So yeah, I just wanted to touch on that and like make that very apparent. Um, I also wanted to read a quote from a book I read. It's a very small little book. I guess it's not even a book. I think it's more just like a collection of two essays. Um, but it's by Wendell Berry, who is an environmental activist. Um, an essayist, author, etc., who just writes a lot on the environment and what 
we can do as individuals to better ourselves and to better the earth. Um, so to close out, I just wanted to read a quote from him. I got his book, Think Little, and I really liked what he said in it. And it's kind of like inspired me to live my life a little differently as well. It's basically like the whole mantra of this first essay is that like, we are taught to think big and do things big, like federal government and big corporations. But realistically, like, that's not sustainable. Like doing things at a large level is not sustainable. And we can do more individually to save and better our planet and better ourselves and our communities than we can at a bigger, you know, higher up level. So I really like this quote. It's on page 27. And he says, what I'm saying is that if we apply our minds directly and competently to the needs of the earth, then we will have begun to make fundamental and necessary changes in our mind. We will begin to understand and to mistrust and to change our wasteful economy, which markets not just the produce of the earth, but also the earth's ability to produce. We will see that beauty and utility are alike dependent upon the health of the world. I just really thought that quote was beautiful and like how we... If we, you know, focus on what our earth needs us to do, then we'll like basically appreciate our time on earth more and like see it as as beautiful as the earth really is and not waste it and harm our earth, which is, you know, we only get one and our generation is going to be dealing with the impacts of environmental destruction. Um, so it's really important that we focus on like what we can do to better our earth and our communities. So yeah, that's kind of like all I have for today. It was kind of a lot. I talked really fast. I feel like I normally don't talk this fast. But yeah, I just really needed to get this out there. I really hope you guys love this episode. I can't wait to do the next one. And if you guys could rate this podcast and share it, um, it would really support me. And I would really, really love that. Um... But yeah, I hope you all have like a fabulous day and um, live sustainably and just, you know, read and be amazing. Okay, love y'all. Goodbye. <laughs>